an oldie but goodie. Good job. Today we continue our sermon series on the Gospel of Mark, a kind of systematic study of this book without avoiding even one passage or one verse of this book. We've been at it for a while. Today our study takes us all the way up to Mark chapter 13, and I invite you, if you want to, feel free to turn there in the Pew Bible or in your own Bible or on your tablet. Meanwhile, we welcome all of you who are listening online or watching our uh, video. We welcome you as our part of our uh, family as well here today. May God bless you as well. Today we pick it up at Mark chapter 13, verses 14 through 31. In my Bible, the section, the entire section is entitled, Signs of the End of the Age. Hear these words. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter, because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom He has chosen, He has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there He is, don't believe Him. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect if that were possible. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And He will send His angels and gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near." Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord remains forever. Amen? Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord and God, we come before you today seeking your word. Nobody got up this morning. Nobody came here to hear me talk. Lord, we want to hear from you, from your spirit. So open our hearts, open our minds. Help us to still our bodies and silence our lips that we might not miss what it is that your Spirit is saying to your church, even Grace Church today. So, Lord, come now and speak to us. Open our hearts. 
May your will be done in us. We pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Dear people loved by God, last Sunday I began my message by asking this question. You might remember, how many of you think that we are living in the end times? Remember the question and you were kind of split. There were some that said yes and some that said no. And and a whole bunch of you said, I have no clue if we're living in the end times or not. Well, today I want to begin with another question. And the question is simply this. How many of you think we are living in crazy times? Everybody, we can all agree on that, right? I mean, all you have to do is kind of watch the news or catch the headlines, and you'll see there's a lot of crazy things happening in our world, even kind of sad things in our world today. I mean, gun violence is on the rise. Mass shootings happen, it seems, regularly in America. Fentanyl is killing our children. We can't seem to secure our borders. Politics is characterized by divisions. Climate change and global warming threaten the planet. Natural disasters are commonplace. Seems like there's another one every week now. Terrorists, wars, and rumors of wars plague the world. It's crazy. And then there are the more personal battles that each of us face. Maybe there's conflict at home. Tension in your marriage or relationships. Maybe there's a struggle at school or at work. Maybe the kids are causing you some stress. How many know kids can cause stress? (laughs) Maybe you are grieving the loss of a loved one. Your health isn't what it used to be. Maybe your finances are falling apart. Maybe friends are giving you a hard time. Maybe you're dealing with temptations or addictions on a very personal level. Maybe your family ignores you. Even the dog doesn't want anything to do with you. Life is hard. It's no wonder that your blood pressure is elevated, right? I mean, how many have high blood Yeah, you know. You know what we need to do? We need to de-stress. We need to reverse the effects of the stress in our lives. You know what stressed means spelled backwards? You know what that is, stress spelled backwards? Desserts. We need more desserts, right? We need to reverse the effects of stress. We need to undo it. Let's do it backwards. Let's chocolate, chocolate cake, peanut butter pie. How does that sound? Great, huh? Coffee, toffee, ice cream. Oh, good stuff. I love it, you know. Well, today, I want to offer you something even more substantive. The desserts sound really good, though, don't they? In Mark 13, as we continue our study, in his farewell speech, Jesus describes the craziness, the chaos, the stress of this world, all of the things that will afflict this world and this planet, often associated with the end times. The destruction of the Jerusalem temple, false saviors, wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters, persecution of Christians, and family breakdown. We looked at these things a little bit last week, verses 1 through 13. Today we continue on in our passage, verses 14 through 31. The list goes on. The abomination that causes desolation. People trying to urgently flee. Days of distress, unequaled in all of human history. More false prophets, deceptive signs and miracles. Disruption of the planets. And finally, the Son of Man coming in the clouds. 
signs of the end, most of which have already happened or are happening today. So my question today is, how do we cope? How do we cope in days of distress? Eat more desserts? Or something more substantive? Today I want to offer to you some teaching from God's Word. I want to offer you something more substantive than desserts. Because the fact of the matter is we are all living in days of distress, whether it be world current events or even in our own lives. There are three things, three comforting things to remember in days of distress that emerge from this passage. There are some good things to notice. It sounds like doom and gloom, but there are some good things, some glimmers of hope that I want to point out with you this morning. Number one, God cares for you. God cares for you. Verse 14, when you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. The abomination that causes desolation is referred to in the book of Daniel chapter 9 and also Matthew chapter 24. It is translated horrible thing in the living Bible. And it is the subject of much debate. What is it? Who is it? In Daniel, it refers to the desecration of the temple in 167 B.C. by Antioch Epiphanes. In A.D. 30, the emperor Caligula planned to put his own statue in the temple, but died before his plans were carried out. In A.D. 70, the emperor Titus placed an idol on the burned-out temple area after the destruction of Jerusalem. This abomination that causes desolation could refer to any of these things or things that are still happening or yet to happen. In short, this abomination that causes desolation is something, perhaps anything or someone, that desecrates the temple of God by insulting God's holiness. It defiles God's sacred space. Its abhorrent presence, where it does not belong, makes believers want to flee and flee urgently to run for the hills. Let's get the, you know what, out of Dodge. Verses 15 and 16. Let no one on the roof of his house go down or enter the house to take anything out. You don't have time. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. Verse 17, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. As if they don't already have enough to be concerned with, right Nadia? Verse 18 and 19, pray that this will not take place in winter because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. Winter in this region means heavy rains, which causes creeks to rise and rivers to flood, thus eliminating the possible escape routes from the city of Jerusalem. The picture here is one of panic and desperation as people try to flee and run as far and fast as they can from this repulsive abomination that causes desolation and destruction. 
But then there's a subtle twist, a glimmer of hope, a picture of grace, God's grace. Verse 20, if the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, that's you and me, whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. It is an act of divine grace in days of distress. God is caring for His people, you and me. Verses 21 through 23, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or look, there He is, do not believe it, says Jesus. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, if that were possible. Even believers will be deceived. So be on your guard, says Jesus. I have told you everything ahead of time. Many will falsely claim to be or to know the Christ. They will say, look, there he is or here he is. And Jesus says, don't believe it. These false prophets will even perform false signs and miracles. How many of you know the devil has supernatural power too? Many will be deceived. So-called Christians will follow him. Don't be one of them. Jesus is warning us ahead of time. And it is another example of God's caring, intervening grace. He's told us ahead of time. These things are no surprise to God. And they don't need to be a surprise to us either. We know that they're going to happen. We know who's going to win this battle. How gracious is our God toward His children, toward us, in days of distress. And here's the question. Do you know that God is caring for you today too? Do you know that God sees you? Do you know that God sees your days of distress as well, even in your personal life? Oh, you may not always see His hand at work or feel His presence, but we know that God is with us. It's a fact. It's a promise of Scripture. And no matter what you may be going through, God is with you. He is with you. He is for you. He is providing for you. He is protecting you. The psalmist says in Psalm 55, 22, cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Say it with me. He will never let the righteous fall. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. No matter how crazy this world becomes, how sinister our politics, how chaotic or painful your personal life, God cares for you. God remembers His children. He will not let the righteous fall. Some of you just needed to hear that today. In days of distress, God cares for you. God calms you. God calms you. In verse 28, now learn this lesson from the fig tree, says Jesus. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near right at the door. Crazy things are going to happen 
and it may be very soon. There will be great distress, the likes of which we have never seen before on planet earth. False Christ, false prophets will appear, will deceive many, but Jesus has already told us that these things will happen. This present darkness is no surprise to God, nor should it be a surprise to you or me. We need not lose heart or lose our heads over this. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Say it with me. You may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, says Jesus, I have overcome the world. Is that not enough? Is that not enough that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, is reigning over all things? In verse 30 through 31, Jesus gives us a wonderful promise of hope, comfort, and calming. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. How many of you know that the word of God is true? It is eternal. It is forever. It is solid. You can build your life on it. It is infallible in all that it teaches. Every generation is going to experience chaos and terrible things. You can just look back at history and see that's true. Whether it be the Romans destroying the Jerusalem temple in A.D. 70, the end is upon us. World War I or World War II, people thought this is the end of the world, surely. 9-11, earthquakes, famines, floods, political upheaval in our own nation right here in 2023, maybe a government shutdown looming, who knows. And still we have this security, even as heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus says, my words will never pass away. How many of you know the words and promises of Scripture of the Bible will remain true? They are the solid rock upon which you can build your life. Amen? Amen. Psalm 118, verse 89, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Translation, you don't need to be freaking out over these things. God is calming us by sharing these things with us ahead of time. We have insider information. God has revealed it to us. We see the end from the beginning. We know how the story ends and we know who wins. It's not the devil. It's God and his children, you and me. So take a deep breath. Relax. Stay calm and keep your cool. Paul says in Philippians 4, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with thanksgiving, in prayer and petition, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a promise. Stay in peace. Have hope. 
In days of distress, God cares for you, God calms you, and thirdly, God comes to you. God comes to you. There are two senses in which this is true. First, God comes to you today and every day through the very presence of His Holy Spirit in our lives. Hebrews 13, 5, God said, never will I leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Jesus says in Matthew 28, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says in John, it is better that I go away because I will then give you the Holy Spirit, a comforter, the counselor to be with you. What a promise. What a promise. It is one of the great marvels and mysteries of our Christian faith. The fact that God Almighty, creator of the universe, king of heaven, should take up residence in my heart and yours. That an infinite God lives in your finite body and being. It is amazing. To them, God has chosen to make known the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Amen? When I was a young boy, we went to uh, church on Sunday mornings, but we also went on Wednesdays, and there we had catechism. Some of you remember that. We studied the Heidelberg Catechism uh, growing up every Wednesday. And I remember still, before I was too uh, young to get into the class, but my brother Larry, my oldest brother, or not my oldest, the next oldest brother, Larry, uh, was in uh, that class. And he had a book, and I still remember it to this day. Uh, It was kind of a blue book, and I think it had kind of orange writing. I think there was even a goofy little figure on it representing a person, but the title was simply two words, never alone, never alone. And if you had to summarize the entire catechism, in fact, the entire Christian faith, those are two very good words in which to summarize your faith, never alone. The fact that God, by His Spirit, through Jesus Christ, is with you each and every day. He's with you here. He's with you tomorrow. He is with you every day. There is never a time when God is not with you by His Spirit. Friends, you are never alone. God comes to you today, every day, in your hour of need, in times of great joy, by His Holy Spirit, which now lives in those who believe and receive Him. In fact, it seems that in the times of my deepest, darkest pain, it seems that then is when I experience God often the most. Because in those times of suffering, in those times of deep hurt, you are most identifying with Jesus Christ of the cross. Think about it. That's why Paul says we rejoice in our sufferings. We celebrate our pain because in it we are most like Jesus who suffered and died for you. God comes to you by His Holy Spirit first off. 
Number two, God comes to you in another way, which is spoken about more clearly and more literally in Mark chapter 13. Jesus Christ is returning to earth. Verses 24 through 26, but in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Just, we'll pause right there just for a moment. Now, these verses may be taken literally, some people do. There's going to be a stellar planetary shakeup causing the sun to darken and the moon to be hidden. Some believe it refers to a kind of nuclear blast or holocaust, maybe even World War III, who knows, I don't know. But if you want to take these verses literally, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Most biblical scholars take them figuratively. What did the sun, the moon, and the stars represent to these ancient peoples? In many cases, people worship these things. Ancient Greek and Roman mythology attributed God's status to planetary objects, the sun, the moon, the stars. They were worshipped. Thus, to say that the sun, moon, and stars are no longer going to give light or hang in the sky is to say that these idols and false gods will all come crashing down. As the Lord Jesus emerges as King and Lord. And if you want to interpret it either way, that's, I have no problem with that. Maybe both interpretations are true at the same time. Who knows? But the verse goes on, verse 26, at that time, men or people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. What a day that's going to be. And the point here is, God is coming through Jesus Christ to this earth for you. We believe in the literal, visible return of Jesus Christ to planet earth. Amen? A time when Christ returns and gathers His people, His believers to Him as a hen gathers her chicks. So the Lord will gather His people to Himself. Verse 27, and He will send His angels and gather His elect from the four winds. That's north, east, south, and west of all the four directions. From the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. The good news is that God is coming to gather believers to Himself, whether they are presently on earth or have already passed and exist now with God in heaven in a pre-resurrected state. God is coming in the person of Jesus, the Son of Man, to take us home. Amen? Not one of God's children will be left out. Nobody. All will be gathered. John 14 Verses 1 through 3, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you to be with me that you may be where I am also. There will come a day, my friend, perhaps in the not-too-distant future, when God will come back in the person of Jesus Christ to take His followers, you and I, home to be with Him. When all the craziness and chaos of this broken, fallen, sinful world will be behind us. When you will never again experience pain or suffering or hurt 
or mourning or crying or death because all of those things will be wiped away. And on that day, you and I will fly away to meet Jesus in the clouds. I'll fly away. Love that song. 1 Thessalonians describes it. Chapter 4, For the Lord himself will come down from the heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. We'll be gathered to the Lord in the air as He comes down, and then we will come down with Him as we reign over His creation with Jesus. Amen? What a glorious day it will be. More on this next Sunday. Don't miss. Come back for that. But today I just simply want to ask you, what does this mean for you? What does this mean for you today? Maybe there's distress and stress taking place in your life personally. Maybe there's a lot going on right now. Maybe you struggle just to get it here this morning. Things aren't going the way that you want them to, and you're dealing with stress and pain, and life is coming at you in every direction. It's, it's crazy. Maybe you are an apocalyptic prepper. Concerned with end times, your basement right now is stocked with granola bars and water bottles. I don't know. And you fear the end of the world is coming soon. You are disturbed and upset by what you see happening around us in this world. But in either case, whether concerned about the world's future or simply your own, coping with politics or personal struggles, you must know today without a shadow of a doubt and be comforted. Because God cares for you with His tender love, grace, and provision. God is caring for you even today in the midst of your days of distress. God calms you. There's no reason to freak out. He's told us these things are going to happen, and His eternal word and promises will last forever. And thirdly, God comes to you by His Spirit, and He is coming again in the person of Jesus Christ. to take you home and to establish His perfect reign and rule over this universe to set things right. So let us, let Grace Church, trust in God in days of distress because God's got this. And God's got you in the palm of His hand. Lord and God, we come before You today. And we just thank You. We thank You, Lord, for Your Word. We thank You, God, that You have given us insider information to know that all of the craziness and chaos of this world, it is going to happen whether we want it to or not but we are not without hope because in the midst of this gloom and doom scenario there is glimmer of grace. May you shorten our days, whatever that may mean for each one of us, Lord, that the pain and the distress would not be too much. 
Would you continue to care for us and calm us, Lord? May we keep our head and keep our heart in trying times of tribulation. And Lord, would you come to us? Would you come to us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit today, now, here, in this place, warm our hearts? And would you come to us at the end of time when Jesus returns again to set up his eternal kingdom of righteousness, of love, of joy, and peace. Oh, how we long for those days. In Jesus' name, amen.